and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today, as you listen to this week's content, that you grow in your faith and in your relationship with God. Connect more with us by going to ardmoresummit.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. good word for you today. I'm excited about this word and I'm excited that even though we're coming to an end of our series on prayer, uh, I am excited that we're going to be able to end this with not only having just received some information about prayer, but I believe as we leave and and as we continue to grow in the Lord that a lot of us are going to be able to be impacted by a greater prayer life. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 1. You can go to that next slide. We've been all in this series called Prayer Warrior, and today I want to talk about united in prayer. United in prayer. Acts chapter number 1, we're going to start looking at verse number 12. A little bit of background. This is after the resurrection. Jesus has risen from the grave, and he has shown up to his disciples and he's giving them a little bit of, of information about what's going to happen. And so he, he blesses his disciples. He encourages them. And then uh, after that, if you read the first part of chapter number 1, Jesus ascends into heaven and he says this to his disciples. He says, hey, you guys are going to be okay. You guys are going to be awesome. But you need to wait for something to happen. And let's pick up in verse number 12. This is what it says. Then they, being the disciples, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went to the upper room. Say upper room. Where they were staying. Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Verse 14, this is the important verse. All these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Verse 14 again. They were in one accord. In other words, they were united. They were united, devoting themselves to prayer. There's something about that phrase, a group of people united and devoting themselves to prayer that I want to talk about with you today. If you don't have, if you have your sermon outline, get that ready. Make sure you've got an ink pen, something to take notes. I know we've got some pens over on the table. But I want you to write several things down today because I believe this is going to be a very powerful message. One of the most important things that, that God gives us concerning his people is unity. One of the most important things that God tells us that he wants us to be is unified. It's all throughout the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4 says, be eager to maintain unity. Listen, it's a command to be excited about unity. Right? When you woke up this morning, did you say, yay, unity? (laughs) Yay. We should be excited about unity. If anybody did that, I'll pray for you later. First Peter says, be like-minded, compassionate, and humble. In other words, you guys need to think alike. First Corinthians 1, the Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you are in agreement and that there be no 
divisions among you, but that you be united with the same mind and the same judgment. You can see that it's clear that that, that unity is a big deal to God. The book of Acts, we see unity actually carried out. We see it firsthand. As we just read, they're in the upper room in one accord when Pentecost comes. It's immediately after this text that the Holy Spirit descends and they speak in other tongues and the gospel is preached and 3,000 people come to faith in Christ. You remember in Acts chapter 12, Peter and James are being persecuted, imprisoned by Herod. In the church, the Bible says in Acts 12, they were united and fervently praying for the release. And miraculously, Peter is released from his prison cell. One of my favorite stories in Scripture, Acts 16, Paul and Silas were praying together. God sent an earthquake that resulted in the conversion of the jailer. And Paul and Silas get out of there. Wow. So unity is a big deal in Scripture. But the Scripture we just read, there's some things that I want to point out. So get your notes ready and write these things down. If you would, go to that next slide. Number one is this. First of all, the disciples in the upper room were united in humility. Write that down. They were united in humility. Humility doesn't mean being humiliated, by the way. Humility is, is talking about a humble spirit. And it says that they were to wait in the upper room. By definition, if Jesus says there's something that you guys lack to a group of people, that's pretty humbling. It's humbling because it says they were told to wait. In other words, Jesus doesn't just release them right off the bat and says, hey, I'm going to heaven. You guys can figure it out. He says, no, wait. Stop. You need supernatural power. There's something unifying about being humble. Right? Any OSU fans in the place? That was just too soon. Sorry, but, but hey, oh, you had it a couple weeks ago. I thought I'd just throw that little jab in there. But there's something about being humbled that kind of unites people, right? So the disciples were all humble. By the way, did you notice that there were many more disciples than just the 12? Many others were there. The women were there. These were a group of hungry people that were humble. Secondly, number two, go to that next slide. They were united in or by hostility. They were united by hostility. I know when we read Scripture, we tend to look at it through stained glass colors and, and to look at that. But remember, this is in Jerusalem. This, this was no like, hey, we're going to church. What's, what, let's bring the potluck and let's have a party. They were at risk every time they stepped out of that room of being found out and killed. Read the first 300 years of church history. Men and women who were found praying together were thrown to lions. They were dismembered by praying. Hostility, hardship, challenges can unite people. Can I get an amen to that? They were united by hostility. Trouble can bring people together. Hardship can actually bring people together. What they were doing was no small thing. It was, it was absolutely coded in danger, and the very fact that they were there waiting was at risk of their own lives. So they were united in hostility. And number three is this. They were united in heart. If you would go to that next slide there. They were united in heart. They were all seeking the same thing. See, it wasn't as if 
Peter, James, and John were seeking one thing, and Thomas was seeking another thing, and this person over there was seeking another thing. No, they were all together seeking something with the same heart. In other words, they were passionate together. It's important to realize that, that it wasn't just one or two super passionate people that carried everybody else. Are y'all following this this morning? They all had one heartbeat, the same. We are hungry for this. We are passionate about this. I love that phrase, one accord, meaning they were in total agreement. And I'm talking about unity today because it's a challenge. In fact, if you go back just a few weeks before this very scripture, Peter wasn't unified with Jesus' call. Judas certainly wasn't, was he? So right up until this point, it had been a battle for them. Anybody struggled with being unified before? Raise your hand. We've all been there. But the Bible gives us keys for how to do this, and especially when it comes to prayer. So they were united in humility. They were united by hostility and they were united in heart. I, I have a couple of reminding truths about unity before I go on to talk about prayer here in just a minute. But let's just talk about unity for just a second. You know, Summit Church, we have five core values, and number five is unity. We talk about this frequently, that unity is important. In fact, one of our culture traits is we refuse to play church. It's more important to us to be unified. Amen? But let me just, they're not going to be up on the screen, but if you want to put these in your notes or write them down, it would kind of be helpful for you. Let me just give you a couple of reminders about unity. First of all, unity isn't automatic. It doesn't just magically happen. A group of people show up, it should only take about 24 hours before stuff starts happening. Right? Right? You put, you put 10 five-year-olds in a room, with four toys, there's no unity. <laughs> I've not done that, by the way. <laughs> so I hear. Uh, you know, when I, was, when I was younger, I played, I played on the teams. And you know, you know how you feel when you're a kid, you're excited. Pulling the basketball team, right? And, and, and you go and get your new shoes because they're going to make you run faster and jump higher. And you get your uniform and everybody's excited. And you do, you do practice and they got music playing through the speakers. And, and it's fun. But the problem is, is that when you get those five guys on the court or five girls on the court, all of them want the ball. Unity doesn't just happen. It's not automatic. This is true for a business, this is true for a church, this is true for a marriage, this is true for anything. It doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality. It takes an expectation for it and working for it. Let me just be very, very blunt. Unity in a church is something you have to work towards. Amen? Secondly, unity is not the same thing as uniformity. Unity is not the same thing as uniformity. Uniformity is when everybody looks the same, everybody talks the same, everybody has the same opinions about every single thing ever. No, no, no. That's not the picture of the New Testament. In fact, if you read through the, through the book of Acts, it's all different people groups coming together. And guess what? They didn't always see eye to eye on everything, but they worked through it. So, so if, I get, if I get up here today and I say, hey, uh, we need to be unified as a church. So everybody who has a Chevy or a Dodge or a Toyota, sell them and all of us get a Ford. Because then we'll be unified. God, I thought there'd be a few boos on that or something. 
No. If I say, okay, um, everybody, I want you to dress just like your pastor, and we're all going to talk alike. And No, that's a cult, y'all. We're not like that. Read through the book of Romans. Read through the book of Romans. The Spirit gives gifts to each of us, and we all are unique. We all have a unique calling. We all have that. And so there's unity and diversity. And by the way, years ago, that used to be called a fancy classic word, university. It was where there was one single mission, but a diverse group within that. So you would go to a university and learn. Nowadays, I'm not so sure that there's the openness as it once there used to be, but a church in the classical sense of the word is a university. thought that was pretty cool. Y'all could have been giving me a little pity. Mm, amen, that was deep, brother. That's okay. We'll get there eventually. Another one, unity does not equal perfection. Unity does not equal perfection. Again, talking about anything, a team, a business, a family, Whatever it is, unity does not equal perfection. There will always be stuff that we have to deal with in any group of people. And so there's a tendency when we talk about unity to think, well, that must mean the elimination of all hardship. No. No. In fact, the more you grow, the stronger you become, you can actually expect more challenges to the unity. There's no perfect leader. There's no perfect wife. There's no perfect husband. There's no perfect dad. There's no perfect mom. There's no perfect grandpa. There's no perfect deacon. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect coach. There's no perfect anything. We have one perfect person to look to, and we just celebrated him at communion. After that, we're all flawed. But unity is still something we ought to strive for. And then lastly, just a last reminder about unity there is no substitute for unity. There's nothing that can make up for a lack of unity. You, you, we can't, you can't build a church and say, well, I know we're not unified, but we have a lot of talent. I know we're not that unified, but, but we do a lot of cool activities. I, we may not be unified, but there's a lot of money in this church. God forbid that we ever place anything as a higher priority than that. If we are unified, we can make it through anything. Okay? If, if you're unified with your vision, your family for your life, you can make it through anything. Yeah, struggle through the finances. Struggle through all of those things. But if you're unified, hell better watch out. Amen? Amen. So when it comes to prayer, let's talk about how this affects our prayer life. Because I want you to be a prayer warrior. But you can't do it alone. There's times that people have to lift you up in prayer. There's times when I need an accountability partner to say, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. You may not have the strength, but I'm going to lift you up in prayer. So let's talk about that the rest of this time. Ready? Number one, if you go to that next slide, is this. Write this down. A church will never be healthier than its prayer life. The end goal for every church is health. Health. You can be a church of 200 people and be an extremely healthy church. You can be a church of 2,000 and be a wreck. And vice versa. The size, the numbers, really is pretty irrelevant. The health is what's important. 
And the number one indicator of a healthy church is, is everybody praying. Can I be selfish for, example, for a, just a moment? I want y'all to lift me up in prayer. I hope you do that on a weekly basis. Because a church will never be healthier than its prayer life. Look around here for a minute. Actually, move your head, move your eyes, and look around. There's people in this room. Lift them up in prayer. A family will never be healthier than its prayer life. The most powerful prayers that you can pray is with the people in this room, the people that you share your home with. Secondly, a church, you can go to that next slide, a church that prays is prepared for anything. You show me a church that is committed to prayer, and I'll show you a church that can make it through anything. Can you just think about all the things that we've gone through the last two years, almost three years, it's wild. I mean, it, it could almost cause you, if you think about all the scariness, all of the concern, all of the anxiety, all of the worry, all of the practical things that first month when I pulled up the bank statement and it goes, oh, is this the end? And you begin to think, and I don't know if y'all are like me, but sometimes when I meet a hardship, that first kind of gut reaction is like, I go to the worst case scenario. I do. I struggle with it. I struggle with that. And I, I, I pray that God helps me with that. But you begin to think about what ifs. What ifs. You begin to face that. But here's what I've learned. We just kept praying. We just, if you just simply pray and don't give up, that's 90% of victory right there. Church, that praise is prepared for anything, good or bad, by the way. A church that prays and is asking for God's blessing. And so let me just say, are you praying for your church? Are you praying and lifting up your church on a regular basis? Are you praying and lifting up your church, not only ours, but the other churches in town as well, lifting them up as well, saying, God, do an amazing work here in this county. Because if we do that, we're prepared for anything. Amen? There's an old classic phrase that, that I grew up, my, my, uh, my grandpa was a preacher. He was like three inches taller than me and had a booming bass voice. I thought I was going to be like him when I grew up and became a preacher, and I didn't get his voice. Um, but but he, would, he, would, he would preach, and, and he, he's, you know, he's one of those, those awesome guys, and he, and he would... He would be preaching and saying all these things. We're going we're gonna to see this happen. We're going to see this happen. And he would get up and preach. And, and, and can, I, can I tell you, there's, there's some people that respond to that and say, hey, I believe it, brother. But there are people that, that didn't. And, and when I was a kid, I, I used to listen to a man of God say, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And, and it did. But it was up to the people to believe and join him in prayer. I cannot be prayed up for you. I need you to lift up your church as well. And, and that's, that's, an encouraging, that's an encouraging thought. It can't be, well, Jonathan, I know he's a prayer warrior. He'll lift up the church in prayer. I know Brother Mark, I know he's going to pray for the church. He'll lift it up. I know Sarah will lift up the church in prayer. We don't need to pray. No, every person in this room 
All of us have to be united in this. That old classic phrase, I'm prayed up. Anybody ever heard that before? I'm prayed up. What does that mean? That when a crisis hits, I'm already prayed up. Pray for your church. Y'all know my heart in this. I love you. But take this call seriously. If we're praying for our church, we can make it through anything. Number three this morning with me. A church that prays together stays together. A church that prays together stays together. A family that prays together stays together. A group of men that are dealing with an issue that join each other up in accountability, that group that prays together, they're going to stay together. They're going to be strong. Amen? This morning here, in just a moment, we're, we're going to end. And I want us to take this, these lessons, and I want us to say in agreement, united in spirit, that we're going to lift up our church together. Uh, John, if you would, if you would join me. I want to do something a little bit different this morning. This is a basic message. It's nothing, nothing that unusual. But, but I want us to actually do what I just talked about. I want to join together and pray together. I don't know what size of room the upper room was. But as I, I think about 120 people, it's not a stretch to look around a room like this and say, it could have been about this size, maybe a little smaller. Rooms weren't quite that big back in the day, but let's just say for argument's sake that it was about this size. I wonder what Peter was doing, where he was at. He was probably walking around, and, and Jesus' mom was there. How cool is that? How would you like to be praying in a room with Mary? Like, that's Mary right there. She's praying. Jesus' brothers, the guys who used to play t-ball with him are there. All the disciples are there. And they're all in one room. But, but here's the point. The upper room had no magic to it. It was what was in the room. One mind. One in agreement, in one accord. That's what mattered. The room didn't matter. It was the unity in the room that mattered. God may give us an awesome building someday, and I'm believing for it, but the room won't make us unified. It's the agreement in the room. So here in just a moment, we're actually going to form a circle all of us and we're going to join together and we're going to pray for our church and as we do that we're going to pray for each family we're going to pray for the kids we're going to pray for your work we're going to pray for your endeavors and all of those sorts of things because if we are united in prayer we can make it through anything and if we're not our growth is stunted and we're just playing church how many of you by lifting your hand right now would say I'm going to lift my church up in prayer but guess what? It's your church. It's your church. Amen? Hey, thanks again for listening to the Summit Church Podcast. We hope today you enjoyed the content and what God was speaking to you today. Again, we'd love to connect with you more by going to ardmoresummit.church. Join us Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. in Ardmore, Oklahoma at 1725 North Commerce Street. Take care and be blessed.